Welcome to episode 19 of the Jack and Around Show, hosted by two-time Academy of Country Music Award winner, Jack Ingram. Here's a one-minute preview, followed by a brief introduction of today's guest, Bruce Robinson. The record with the stick figure? Yeah, yeah, the eight or ten copies that that came out before <laughs> it was defective. But it, it did have Angry All the Time and Traveling Soldier. Did, did you draw that? I did, because I, I think I was just passive-aggressively wanted to tell everybody that I didn't have any help. I'm going to do the cover art, and I'll do it with a Sharpie. I didn't think that they did my kind of songs on the radio, and then when Angry All the Time... Uh, And then they didn't release it as a single. And the story was that radio asked for the song that they were hearing back from people and people were starting to play it already. When my twins were born was when Traveling Soldier came out. So they're 18 now. You know, my kids have more problem with it than I do, but... What do your kids think? Well, they know that there was a movie in production. They know that it probably would have won some awards. Do you like touring now? I'm retired. I've got my label and I got my management stuff. And that's, that's really. How I, much time I, does that take? All of it. You know, I want to be, you know, one of the, an old time Hollywood guy who's like, damn it, get me Tony Curtis in here. You know, I got a, I got a script here that's going to, to the moon. We're you making know? pictures. To the moon. We're making pictures. I got three more pictures next week and I got 10 pictures the following week after that. That's, that's what I want to be. Jacking Around Podcast is brought to you by Lone Star Dry Goods collection of handcrafted quality goods with a truly unique Americana vibe. Visit the world headquarters in the heart of downtown Abilene, Texas and Willow Park, Texas near Fort Worth and visit LoneStarDryGoods.com for more information. Today's guest, Bruce Robinson, has released over a dozen records and has written just as many hit songs, including two number one hits at country radio, Traveling Soldier by the Dixie Chicks and Angry All the Time by Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. Other artists that have covered Bruce's songs include George Strait, Leanne Walmack, Garth Brooks, Josh Turner, Kelly Willis to his brother, Charlie Robinson, and of course, Jack Ingram. In addition to songwriting, Bruce runs The Next Waltz, a record label by artist for artists, and also manages Charlie Crockett. To learn more about Jack, Bruce, and the show, check the audio description or visit jackandaroundshow.com. But not least, if you enjoyed the show, like, subscribe, and give us an excellent five-star review. Here is episode 19. It's that one. That's a rock and roll. Cool, man. Yeah, Spencer, I've been trying to take some pictures. I need another lesson. I was bored the other night. Look what I learned. It's a fucking great song, man. It is a great song. She said, she told me she was just trying to write night moves again. Really? That's what she said. And um, uh, the ASCAP guy, Herky. Um, Who? Oh, an ASCAP guy used to be a friend of mine. Used to be. <laughs> well, I haven't seen him in years. I did. And, um, and he By said the way, that they, they had uh, cool. Um, I thank you. Uh, two, uh, they wrote two songs that day. The other one. The, what that, was the other one? They, the one they were excited about. Of course. The B-side. The B-side. And then the other song they didn't care about was Strawberry Fucking Wine. I was working through college. Yeah. My granddad's farm. Yeah. I started singing it. And I was like, well, I was listening to it the other day on the radio. And I just go, holy shit. This is this is fantastic. I, th- I think it's what is it not the last great country song? Strawberry wine. Tell me a great country song after that one. Tin Man. 
There you go. <laughs> I'm kidding. There you go. <laughs> Angry all the time. No. Was that after that? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I but, think so. But it is, that's funny because it is kind of like things happen like that. Angry Huge all- song and, you know, I mean, just just iconic. Yeah. Angry all the time did that. I don't, I don't mean to. Well, I don't think about it that way. But Well, what, okay, then how do you think about it? I felt, always felt sorry for uh, Deanna Carter because she That's- was just the the she was so irreverent and and she seemed so young and she didn't wear any shoes. She was fresh, 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 fresh. Yeah. And then the Dixie Chicks came and made her look like <laughs> a hundred year old grandma, and she was never heard from again. And I thought that the chicks just knocked her out of that space. That's funny, man. I never thought of it that way, but you're right. Because what she was was so fresh and young and irreverent and all of that and sexy. I'm sorry. And she was kind of the answer to um, Shadaisy. My dreams, but maybe so. <laughs> but I just thought that, yeah, the chicks but came I, along I also and just- thought she's got- I mean, with any luck, she's going to watch this. <laughs> We're going to make her. This is like a therapy mm. session for her. But like, remember when I thought I thought her single choices were whoever made those choices, they were reaching. Like, remember, yeah. the, I shaved my legs for this. Yeah, after strawberry wine, it's like yeah. you kind of right. you had right. a really serious song that maybe you didn't know was serious. Right. Yeah, and then you come back with a with a. What do you call those? Like a like a novelty kind of thing, yeah. Um, um, yeah, it's a not moment in time, I guess, huh? It is what it is. Yeah. I saw her in San Jose a couple of years ago, and I said "fuck" or something, and she goes, "You got to put a quarter in the swear jar." I thought that was cute. Dina Carter, yeah, she she seems like the real deal. I mean, she's she's, she's a road young. dog. Yeah. She was fun, yeah. And her her dad's a, like a old timey player or something like that right yeah yeah hey so how are you good yeah i'm good we didn't give you time to settle in we just walked in and so i got i got pecans i got, got pecans <laughs> spice pecans oh wow i made them holy shit Who's yeah, that there you guy? are all right <laughs> there we are okay we're 30 yeah how old were you when you made your first record i don't know 28 I don't know. I could be forty-one. I could be no. When you made your first, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't. There are no dates like that. I don't you know. don't. Uh-uh. It was the early nineties. Whatever that would mean. I don't know. No idea. Sixty-six plus nine. Sixty-six. Seventy-six. Eighty. <laughs> Carry the four. Two. <laughs> 80. 90 would have been four. You were, you were late 20s. Okay. I believe it. And you've never really told me, like, we've been friends since... Since then. 98, mm-hmm. 97, 96. Yep. And I've always... Well, you know I'm a huge fan of... Of you and Thank your you, song. Jack. Never get tired of hearing that. Good. I hope you don't, because it's gonna be for a while if I if I last. But that's funny, man. Like, so your brother let me in. He didn't mean to. Cause I've always 
been enamored with your songwriting and your brothers. And he said, yeah, man, I wrote that record in a week. And I was like, how? Well, I read a bunch of, st- by the way, that takes us back to zero. Mm-hmm. You know that, right? No. That's bad luck. I know. That's why I did it. But <laughs> He said okay. he read stories about his family. Right. That's better. That's better. Charlie the- probably did write it in real fast. He probably did. It wasn't about, it wasn't, to me, it wasn't about real fast. It was about the fact that he found some book of y'all's or, or something and, and took stories and basically did Copperhead Road. Are you looking at your phone? Well, I didn't turn it off. It, I, we did this so fast, so I was just turning <laughs> it off. <laughs> Charlie did Copperhead I Road. For, I didn't tell you that. When, no, I was late. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I've never seen this look on your face. Yeah. What's up? Man, it's Are you just, good? I'm good. I'm real good. I'll put my phone up too. Well, there you go. We call it phone stack at my oh, house. Oh, okay. Phone stack. Okay. So yeah. did, did you have written material or did you, or are all those songs from your let's just talk about your first record yeah that was weird though we we both um it was such a big deal back then to you know to make a record and get a record deal and we we didn't and then there was a local guy who who was that dude i don't want to give him any more pub okay so bad guy um bad bad experience well and now it's been long enough but yeah so he 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 said he was going to pay for Charlie to make a record, and then and then he would for me too, and we did them at the same time. And then uh, and then they came out at the same time, which was just my nightmare. <laughs> and uh, how, how old is Charlie? Older than you? At twenty one months. Yeah. And so and then they came out, and then the CDs were defective, and so then they were unavailable for a year and a half. No. Yeah. And so, but that was just a... Had you known, that was 2,000 bucks. Well, which... At, at which, the time, which was a million, million bucks back yeah. then. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there was not that option, and it. I didn't know anything about putting out music and all that. So, yeah, that was definitely not an option. And even though that was barely a... a, a, a uh, uh, a, a you know would step up, but I didn't understand it at the time. You know, we didn't. We were both you know just starting out and had no money and no options, so there was that. But then I did the same thing. Then I just I raised a little money. Actually, a friend, a wonderful guy named Mark Todd, who was is a probably may still be a, a an artist uh, at uh, Texas State was Southwest back then, and he started mm-hmm. coming to see me play and said, "Man, why don't you make a record?" And uh, he said, I'll loan you the money to do it. And that was how I made Wrapped, which I really count as my first record. So so the one with the, uh, the, the record with the stick figure? Yes, that was the other one. That's that, the first one. That was really Somehow never, I got that. Yeah, yeah. The, the eight or ten copies that, that came out before <laughs> it was it was defective. But it, it did have Angry All the Time and Traveling Soldier, I think, on, on, mm-hmm. on, on that. Wow. I think. That's funny, man. 
so that, that yes, record never was really released. No, I should find no, it. I have it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. A little stick figure. Did, did you draw that? I did because it was <laughs> a. It was I, I because I. I think I was just passive aggressively wanted to tell everybody that I didn't have any help, and so <laughs> since we were just throwing this thing out and we didn't have any money, I said, "I'm going to do the cover art and I'll do it with a sharpie," and so that was the idea. Was to be passive aggressive. Well, I think so. <laughs> That's so good. And he said, do your thanks on the back. This is just shows you where my head was. And I, and I gave him back my thanks. I said, F you, you know who you are. <laughs> that was your thank you. Yes. And he changed it to uh, thank you or F you, you know who you are. Wow. I'm not, I'm definitely not proud of that, but it was, I was, you I was know. About I was about to say, uh, who, what is angry all the time about? <laughs> I, I had a big, big chip on my shoulder for sure. And I, you know. Forever. <laughs> not anymore. No, not anymore. I mean, forever going backwards. Yes. Yes. When did you get the chip off your shoulder? Oh, I don't know. It was wonderful having hit songs. That changed, that really. Yeah, that kind of set you. It was, I was really, I started having kids and I had a, I had a hit song. I never thought I was going to have a hit song. I, I just, you know, I, that, I didn't, my kind of songs were not on the radio. And I, I had this plan to just have songs on, uh, on, on as album cuts. Mm -hmm. And I was doing that already. Uh, Leanne did one of my songs and a few more people had cut them. Kelly cut them, you know, you cut them, Charlie cut them and, and I was just going to try and build up a little catalog just being a, you know, a good song way down on track nine. Track 10. Yep. Yeah. That's yep. what John Rayner calls himself. Is that 10. right? Track 10. <laughs> oh, that's funny. He either calls himself track 10 or the fuzzy guy over the shoulder of the star on the right. There you go. <laughs> and uh, so you got to know your spot, I guess. But that was, that was, I was way into it. I was really happy to call myself a songwriter. I didn't think that they did my kind of songs on the radio and then when angry all the time uh and then they didn't release it as a single uh, 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 and and the, and the story was that radio asked for the song after the first cut mm. that that they were hearing back from people and people were starting to play it already so it kind of forced them to release that's that as a why single. that that's what I think is a lost art is that it's patience right and it's like a real hit comes from that. Well, I'd love like, to why think Why don't you so. play this? Right. What, that, that. And then one person says it, and then 10 people. And then you get a true yeah. consensus. And then you go, hey, man, I think y'all ought to release this. Yeah, you'd love that to be the case. Well, that's I mean, the, what Angry yeah. All the Time was. Yeah, and Traveling Soldier was too. Yeah. I I know it's, a, it's an old story, but that still gets me every time you say it where it, it was the fastest to go to number one and the uh -huh. fastest to fall off the chart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, it was, Natalie. It was right in the middle of all that stuff. I, you know, I think it, uh, you know, it's been about twenty years since that. So that's that. Has it really? Yeah, I think so. Because well, uh, it's twenty-one. No, eighteen. Because the I had twins right right at that same time, and so uh, I mark that was when my twins were born. Was when Traveling Soldier came out. So they're eighteen now. So it was 2004, five. Sounds right. I think five, carry the one. Uh, no, no. <clears throat> you know what I base it on? What? 
that's why I said 20 years because because that hinged around the whole the whole saga hinged around 2011 or 2001 right it did it did that was the reason why yep that's true that's true yeah it was such a yeah what a what a wow interesting time in history to have a song that is propelled by yeah the fact that we're going to war yeah and is defeated by the fact that we went to war (laughs) for the same reason and was written in response to a different war yeah by what was it korean or no uh the first uh um uh, kuwait oh wow yeah so i mean when bush senior or or right that was george when he died the other day um a couple years ago that was 89 it was um it was all along. I mean, I was not. You know, they would never know about me. But they, that's that that stuff was all intertwined with their story of 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 their presidencies. And so I was working in a kitchen. <laughs> wow. I was a pr- fry cook, and the other fry cook got called up um, for uh, the Kuwait war. And so, in making sense of that that long buildup for. Um, for that first Gulf War, mm-hmm. uh, to try and make sense of what was going on, I was just started writing songs, and um, so I wrote that song to think about, just to make sense of. I was worried about all these folks going off and getting killed, and in, in, including my. Uh, so yeah, my friend. Uh, so I wrote that song at that point, and then it was probably ten years before um, before the Chicks released it. What happened to your buddy? He, he, he was went, fine. He went and came back. But, you know, nobody, hardly anyone, you That's know, we right. didn't have, you know, it was on the other side for that one. Um, uh, but they were preparing us for tens of thousands of, of, of casualties and, 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 and supposedly Saddam had, you know, the, the third biggest, you know, uh, army in the world. And they, so it didn't turn out the way that they were preparing us, but I, but because of sort of, I remember it took like six months. The second one was just like, boom, we're gone, we're in. Right. But the first one took a long, long time. They were they were working up to it, and he had to get out and all that kind of it took forever. Mm-hmm. And so that was this thing that-, that, that And you that, were 20-something. 20 20, late 20s, 20. yeah. And still already too old to be called up or anything like that. We didn't have the draft, but- so it, that was that that kid that I was worried about was so young, you know, and so that was that was and that was I think the first time that I I dealt with something um, at the moment, you know, like anger all the time, and some of the other things that I was writing about were kind of like way in the past right. or something. So it was this thing; it was on my mind, and I wrote that song just to to kind of work it out at that moment. So. And yeah, then it came out, I, then I wrote it and, and it was a long, long time, you know, till the chicks recorded it. It's and, a hard song to write, man. Cause it's so, yeah. um, first of all, I think it's funny that Saddam Hussein has been a part of our, the America politically or whatever, building up so much effort and every time we've gone to call him on it, there's nothing there. Right. Right. Like, we <laughs> think about the money and the effort yeah. and the yeah. people. 
the first time we go and they we get there and they go, Oh, we were just kidding, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then weapons of mass destruction. Hey man. Yeah. I got some I mean, I do have some mustard in the fridge, but uh, <laughs> that's about it. Well, and a, just a big part of all our whole, you know, all the stuff that we're dealing with and our polarization and stuff. Uh, I, during the pandemic, this is really jumping around, but um, I'd seen Daryl Worley. His uh, song, Have You Forgotten? Oh, yeah. Pretty much removed. Traveling Soldier was right after that. And they were, they're, they're two very, very different songs. Very. And I look at one of them as a political song, and the other one is not a political song. I look at my song just being about compassion, pretty much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is what I think. And so that song, um, it said, you know, have you forgotten the ones behind bin Laden? And, and uh, so it's a very different song. Yeah. And, um, and I, uh, and I, I uh, the other guy who wrote it, I forget what his name was, super nice guy. During the pandemic, we did a show together somewhere, a little guitar pull. And he, he talked about the song, but he, he, he just, he only said Afghanistan, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Because the whole song is about bin Laden. And that was, and that was, that was the moment that we were all wrestling with and what Natalie said, what she said, you know, was all about, you know, it's, Iraq. It's interesting though that, that from a from another perspective, from my perspective as an artist and a fan, mm-hmm. I would have never compared like you you have to wrestle with that the same way I have to wrestle with 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 whatever I wrestle with. Right. Other songs, other artists that are my nemesis. <laughs> it's like right. the funny part is like from my perspective, those are that's that's like comparing a literally like a varsity high school basketball player who's killing it and going to getting his college scholarship to a, like, it's just, you, that's not a fly in your ass. I, I, you really, yeah. I mean, I understand the, the subject matter. I, I just, I, the only thing that I regretted about the whole deal, I don't know, you know, we don't haven't really talked in depth with, with, uh, with, 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 with Natalie or Emily or Marty about that we just kind of mostly just shook our heads about it and it was and i never really you know my kids have more problem with it than i do but um What's the, what do they what do your kids think Without, well they know that there was a movie in production they know that it probably would have won some awards and they know that it was the pop remix was about to be released at that moment and and the songs before went number one on the pop chart and and they were it was poised to be all these other things and i really never it went number one it sold six or seven million records but it was going to be yeah a thing it looked like it was primed to be a thing and so that's what they realize that the, I was telling my kids the other day, they were like, Dixie Chicks, what? I go, dude, they were bigger than Taylor Swift. They were anyway, bigger well, than yeah, Jesus. They were Taylor Swift at that moment. <laughs> like yeah, they, they were, were yeah. the biggest thing in the world. True. They were. Yeah. Yeah. That was heady stuff, man. Yes, it was. And I, so I, the real, all I was saying was about it that the only thing that bummed me out was that, is that the, the, the I don't know. I just never, it, even never, my little pit, bit of it, there was just cast aside, like it was all just politics. <laughs> and their their song, 
I wish somebody would have would have cared about what their song said. Mm-hmm. And nobody even talked about that. It was mm-hmm. all politics and this and let's burn them and whatever it is. And 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 it was and and everybody, you know, they people were supposedly, you know, putting pressure on the radio stations and all that. And so at that all through that, I was very, very proud of my little part in what that song said. And to me, that's a big deal. It's like yeah. even at least at least mention it. What we're talking about here is songs. So what what is it that their that their song said? Right. You know, and uh, and it's actually congruent with their emotion. Well, it, I mean, maybe it, so, but I mean, at least respect. It had to do with. It, I I think it wasn't helpful to the people who were had a backs to grind there, so they didn't want to talk about what the song was. Yeah, and so, but that's really my only bum because really it was a big deal. It went number one. It was you know I'd rather be me. Radney Foster had the single afterwards. We always laughed about that. So what was Radney's? Oh, I think it was. Um, what's that song called? Hey, little little man, Godspeed. Godspeed. Yeah. So whenever anyone, whenever anybody's feeling sorry for me, I go, well, Randy Foster was the, the <laughs> dork after, you know, <laughs> I mean. You got to put out this badass song yeah, that and nobody no, that, gave a shit about. Yeah, that you only knew no one on country radio was going to play. And, <laughs> and a couple of months before, it was just like money Here we in the go. bank, money in the bank. So. So I really, you know, I never, I, I really never felt sorry for myself. And I had another, another hit after that. And so. With straight. Wrapped. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, man, I just, I, I, uh, but, but, but that's always interesting to me now looking back on it. And it was a bit part within this polarized time, which started, you know, it was my belief that that record home had the possibility of having effect on country music the way the redheaded stranger did where mm-hmm. where people would th- see it as a possibility to be on country radio by by doing great songs meritocracy you don't, or you don't it, it, that's record didn't have drums on it you know right. it really was a lot like um, uh, redhead stranger in a lot of ways in the way that it was, you know, you and I have spent so much time when you have to deal with that, that question of how do you get on the radio? What kind of a piece of crap song will I have to eventually do to get on the radio? <laughs> how you know? much will I have to take off? <laughs> and, and so when someone could do something like redheaded stranger, which says, wait a minute, what, maybe there's another way. And uh, that home was was there, yeah. And 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 that's not what happened. Country record music took a hard right turn. Instead of what, instead of whatever, we don't know what was going to come next. But you had a, a the number one country record in the country was a. It wasn't just number one country. It, it, it was a cultural record, yeah shift. Was was a. <laughs> Quasi acoustic record with songs that they picked because they thought they were really good, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And instead, um, what happened was a was a really hard right turn uh, on country radio that that is still there. And that's not that's not a you know that's not me having a <laughs> right <laughs> that that that's just a facts right. and 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 that and and it's indisputable. 
and um, um, from where the politics is, you know, and mm-hmm. so and so it's an interesting to look back on, you know. So it is. It's only, It's funny, man. The way the way you frame that or couch that 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 feels like something Malcolm Gladwell ought to cover. It's well, it's part of our <laughs> like culture. It's, like I, it's I, I believe kind of- that. I, well, that's what the next waltz is. Is that is that the 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 songwriters that had such an effect on me, you know, whether it was, you know, Rodney Crowell or Willie Nelson or or you know, Neil Young, just all of these people, you know, I really feel like it's the high art of our time. I think that in two hundred years, they'll look at Towns Van Zandt and Guy Clark and those things just for this moment, the way that they do some other folks from 200 years ago. That's right. I, I, that's what I think from, so you're mentioning the people who think of it like from a, you know, from an anthropological, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. I believe that, you know, that the, 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 the art is different every generation. And it's certainly different now than it was in the 70s and 80s when, when we were being so affected by that that's stuff right. in a lot of ways. And so, but that's what I, that's how I see that, you know, and when I'm talking to Willis, uh, you know, or, or any of these guys and I'm like, man, you, you're our Beatles, you know, I know you don't see it that way. Right. You can't. But, 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 um, but that, you know, that, you, you, that, that they took the care of this music that could be really pretty hokey in decades past and and turned it to high art your your buddy Christofferson there and so that that's the way that that I look at it and I think that you know that future generations will 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 look at not taking me out of the question but 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 looking at Chris and I agree. Towns that, and that that's that part era of why we have to trust even though we can make fun of, you know, nobody ever lost money underestimating the intelligence of the American. Sure. Yeah. So, like, I, I get that part. Right. But the consensus, right, as we sit here in 2022, yeah. the consensus is right. over a grand scope of 300 million, 250 million at the time. Yeah. Downs, the Beatles, the Stones, yeah. Dylan, like, there's, those those are the names that come up. Yeah, and there ha- there can there can be little tiny arguments, but as far as the consensus goes, it's like yeah, even the arguments justify the fact and, you're arguing over yeah. these people. Yeah, and I still think that 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 those kind of folks, you know, they do they do push out from the culture no matter what's going on, and it'll it you know it changes, you know what 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 it is you know and and uh, but but you know I I. You know, you said meritocracy. I do believe in that, and the things that that wherever the culture at, that it kind of comes comes out at. You know, it has so, to, man. I, I think it does. Or else you know, we as kids, whatever, like whatever your drive was right. to write songs, right. it has to be the fact that I can, I have something to add. Yeah, you you want to communicate. You know, I, I believe that. I believe that our kind of music and probably any kind of music I I think is the is the message of telling people that they're not alone. And that's what I that's why I try to make sense of the blues which is the basis of where my stuff comes from. Right. Um it's like, you know, and 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 when I've been so out of step with the culture and it's like, you know, even I don't want to play all these sad songs now. After the pandemic, man, I want my show to be a little more fun. 
You yeah, know, those shows that we did, me, you, and Charlie, I was just looking forward to Charlie's songs, you know? It's like, let's have, let's have a little fun up here, man. Yeah, man. I mean, really? Angry all the time? Traveling soldier? <laughs> There's thousands of people out there. I've, I ne- rarely get to play for thousands of people. <laughs> and they're like, okay, there's Bruce, you know? And I'm like, two days, you know? <laughs> all the girls are just out there like, I remember that look from high school, you know? That's funny. It's, it is it's funny. It's funny because- but, I've played shows with you, and you you really do look at your songs that way. And I get it. Well, you know. I we, get it. I know you do. But and so, but you know, you also know what, what else I get, which is like, oh, no. dude, they're fucking great. Just play them. I and and I and I I do. I'm overstating it, but yeah. but but it's just that it's a little now. The effect for me in the pandemic is wanting to have a little more fun at the show, you know, and. And uh, well, have you written yourself out of that? No, I have not. No, that's I because I think about the same thing. Like right. when I get tired of my songs, and I right. think, oh my god, that's the way to do it is to is to write yourself. I never even heard that term. That's good. No, because you have the you wrote yourself in there. You, you, can write yourself <laughs> you should put that on the wall. You wrote yourself into this mess. <laughs> that's right. Why don't you just write yourself out of it, Junior? <laughs> That's good. Sure, you can. Okay. All right. That's 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 great <laughs> advice. What did you want to be? Like uh, when you, I when you no, got out of high school, yeah. See, you, that was that's that's a weird thing. I had no plans at all. I was so, I was so happy about you know, finding you know, saying I'm a songwriter. Wow. I didn't. I, I I may never make a dollar, but at least I have something to call myself. How'd you come with? You left Bandera and came here. Well, I was, we were just kicking around Austin. Me and Charlie had uh, left, uh, washed out of school. I was, you know, really bad fit. All my academic stuff was just a struggle. I didn't hardly realize how much of a struggle it was until, until I left it behind. And and did you consider yourself a smart guy? No. Well, yes, I did, but I, but I was bad at, 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 at academics. Right. Yeah. And, uh, um, but yeah, I always, you know, yeah. We knew. Thought I was a smart person, and uh, smartest guy in the room. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that poor room. Um, <laughs> what a shitty room! <laughs> <laughs> no, but the secret is finding that room. Okay. <laughs> but uh, um, so anyway, yeah. I mean, I I was I I joined that little band here in in Austin and Chaparral. Yeah, and I play I put in a couple of songs, and things immediately started happening. The tiniest little nothings, but they, Lauderdale, he said, hey, man, he just sat in with the band. He said, here's a, here's the no, number of my publisher. Your songs aren't bad. Why don't you send them? He didn't, he didn't say that to the other guy. And um, No shit. Yeah. And uh, Tom Lewis was, uh, was uh, I met him. He was, they were a big deal, the Wagoneers at the time. And he's, he introduced me to Carlin, who was managing people. She had managed like uh, Lone Justice and mm-hmm. these other folks, and so you know that I, there I was going in there with my guitar, you know, and um, and and I blew my mind. Do you remember what songs you were playing for him? Um, just your yeah, first batch? yeah, a few of them. But I, and I, and 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 Angry All the Time was in the first group, but yeah, there was yeah some I can remember some of them. Wow. Um, um and. Uh, <laughs> But uh, but so Carlin, right there. I mean, it, it felt like it was a matter of weeks, and um, she said, 
so so Lauderdale introduced me to Frank, and Frank sent me a plane ticket. And when I was going up to the to for that first trip, Carlin got me in to see Tony Brown just to pitch him songs for I think a Mark Colley record. Mm-hmm. And uh and and uh and so got me in there and 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 to and MCA records and walk in there and I played a couple songs and Tony said, play me another couple songs. And I played him two more songs. He said, play me your favorite song. And I played him another song. And he said, do you want to be an artist? And I said, oh, my God. (laughs) And it was, it felt very like, you wouldn't believe it if it was a movie. And so, and then it all went to hell. And and 10 years later. When when Tony asked you that, did you go, hell yes. I did. I did. Yeah. But then all the people. all went to hell. The people that brought me up there all went nuts because I wasn't signed with anyone. And and they all were yelling at me. And uh, did you sign with Frank? Ten years later. Later. Ten years later. A full ten years. So whenever when you went up there, and it's like you're the new kid in town, <laughs> right? Yeah. You you got that. Had my guitar on my back, and I went in there. Yeah, yeah. Why didn't you just jump in? Well, I thought I was, but right. but I mean that was the thing. I went back and and uh, and they were everybody said you don't have to sign, you don't have this and this and this, and they and they went nuts. And then Tony called back and he said, "Man, it's just it's just too hot. I, I got to work with all these people. We're going to have to cool it for a while." Wow. And so he was. We were going to go do some demos and all that. And he just said, "You know, can't do it." So it just went to nothing. And I, and then Frank, but Frank never gave up. And he just, and that was when I started that 10 years of just coming up, writing and sleeping on Frank's couch and looking for a publishing deal and never could get one. So I jumped in. I jumped in you both jumped feet. In. Yeah. And I worked as hard as anybody that I know of at that part, you know, going up there. This and is when just, we started to yes. be friends, like yep. Yep. late 90s. Uh-huh. And then just hanging out, going to Nashville. I mean, Frank would call, and he's like, man, you haven't been up here for a while. We don't even know. Just come up, you know, and we'll make you a couple of appointments. And so I think he started Carnival just out of desperation. They had nothing. They didn't have a, they didn't have anything, and they signed me and started the company and got a little office. Wow. And I, I remember saw, a little office, a little uh-huh, basement Basement thing, yeah, right with, uh, with Travis. And Frank was still working a different place. He couldn't really be involved in it. And they signed me. He was still working at DECA. Yep. Right? Yep, with you, right? Well. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was, so it was, you know, at that moment when I thought I had made it, and I called my mom and told her that I'd made it from outside of that deal. It was 10 years, you know, with <laughs> absolutely nothing, you know. So, but I tell that because I like that as a showbiz story. And whenever I go talk to folks or, and, and I always know that people are always asking me how to be a songwriter. And I'm like, well, you don't want to know, you know? Yeah. You want, you want something different than my story, <laughs> you know? Cause, but that story is. Because my story is like, you know, sleep on couches for 10 years. But that's also, you know, that's the, we were talking about the consensus about how things change, like what, what things last. And it's a, like your story is unique to you. Right. 
just as my 10 year story is unique to me, everybody's got a 10 year story right. that made it at some level right. <laughs> that it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. Yes. For just about everybody. And it's and normally same as being an alcoholic or whatever. Like right. you go, Oh, that's, that sounds very different, but so similar to my story. <laughs> like yeah. whatever the story is. Yep. It's couches. It's, Motel yep. sixes, it's broken down on the side of the road at 3 a.m., yeah. no one to call. I, I, I always liked Austin for that, from that point of view, that I, that I, um, I thought it was, a, still do think it was a good place. Well, I don't know if you can find a place to live here, but, you know, I always liked that it was a good place to be anonymous, to be figuring out who you were, you know, to be meeting your folks and building it up and, and, and but also figuring, being around and people that are doing good work. Well, yeah, and, and and having an infrastructure. It's like, oh, there's gigs to play, you know, and, and you're playing gigs and you're, you know, just being young. And 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 it and it was very much outside of the glare of uh, of those things, you know. They you you move to Nashville, man. They're gonna make they're gonna decide on you in two months whether you are over or not, you know, (laughs) and that doesn't necessarily here, you know, it's, there's good and bad to that, but, but, but I I liked that, you know. That's funny because they, they'll also decide again and then decide again. Well, yeah, that, there you go there. That's, but that's, (laughs) that's, that's the career that you're working for. Yeah. But. Have we ever friends with Bruton? No, I knew him, but we weren't friends. I bet y'all would have been. Well, I aspire to be Stephen Bruton, you know. Well, we all do. <laughs> I mean, the, you know, the the proximity, the good work that he did, you know, the stuff that he, you know, the people he associated with, um, you know, he's one of those. I think about him in quintessential. He was at the songwriter, songwriter, yeah, where he's in by yeah. the pool and his underwear and a yeah. hat. Yeah, yeah. I used to be after I after I made my songwriter money and I had kids. We were members at that club where where they filmed that. Oh, was that in Lost Creek? It was, yeah. That's where they filmed it. You could still see the houses from those scenes. And when I'd be out there, I'd, I'd always think about Bruton, you know, and his tidy whities running for, you know, those <laughs> scenes. But it was a tie, you know, tie to those old days and stuff, you know. That's great, man. Yeah. How old are your kids? They're 24. 20? 21, 18, 18, and 16. Wow. Wow. So do you do – you st- do you- like touring now? No, you go out co- I'm retired. Well, I'm 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 I've got my label and I got my management stuff, and that's that's really how I, much I, time I, does that take? All of it, all of it, and I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, that's so just that's just so surprising that you really have. It's not surprising at all. I have so many people that I can point to that had that I I I that I I aspire to that had one or two hits or something like that and then changed their whole career to do some something else you know and whenever they did what I did which is to see it's like well I'm I'm never going to be a big deal artist you know and so what okay, I'm not going to argue with wanna, it. I, I yeah. cuz I'm a, I'm completely on board with all of what you're doing I appreciate that Jack I really am okay <laughs> like <laughs> But who are you talking about? Because that I that are these people. Is it like uh, what's his name? Wright. 
like a guy like Menor Williams, who wrote like "Give Me the Beat Boys," "The Free My Soul," and then he and then he was a real successful producer and did all kinds of other things. I think he was a label head for a little while. You know, uh, the, all the guys in Nashville huh? are people. You know that that started. A lot of them had. You know, you had Sugar Shack. You know, and then you and then you get in there. Or, or um, who's the guy? Fred Savage. Mm-hmm. He was in Wonder Years, right? Mm-hmm. He now he directs like Always Sunny, and he directs these other things. And I don't know why, but I suppose he decided there was something else that he might want to do. And um, and uh, so so I see it all the time. And 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 that I don't know how it felt for them, but now this taking on this new challenge feels very similar to that time of sleeping on couches and stuff. Mm-hmm. It really feels, it, it feels way closer to that than the 10 years that I spent after I was having hits Yeah, and just failing miserably at everything that Nashville wanted me to do and right. feeling like a whore, man. Right. I mean, I hated it. But I tried it. It wasn't like I'd, I said, no, I'm not going to. I was like, I tried I it for 10 years. I get it. And, and I'm like, man, we're not going to get these songs cut by any of these people on the radio. No way. And so. Um, so and- you, you, you feel like it sounds like, because the journey is always, I mean, I hate to be like Oprah Winfrey, but the journey is the thing. Sure. You sleeping on couches and sure. and doing all that. Yep. That was exciting. Yep. So yep. what I'm hearing you say is that taking Charlie Crockett on and doing yeah. the next what like Yeah, if you on. look at our stuff, the singles that we've done and there's a fair amount of them, man, uh um uh uh times like these is one of them. Um there you look at some of those. We've had some that I think are I'm really proud of, mm-hmm. you know. Honestly, I'm almost as proud of a lot of those as I am to those four songs that did well for me because it's similar. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people involved. There's a lot of work over time. There's a lot of songs that fail that didn't, and then you had those that, that had a little magic on them. And so we've had a few of those songs, and it feel, to me, it, it, I, I, you know, it's, it's funny you say that, man. You know, when I when I go play live, times like these is when I start to play it. It's a hit song, right? <laughs> like, yeah. And you, you know, when you first sent me this the phone demo of it, and then the, I, that's what I love is where a song you don't know if it's good or it sucks, and you send it to a buddy, and then you do it, and then maybe you record it, and then you put it out, and you play it for the radio person, and then you do this, and then you go out and you work it for a while. All of that, it's just awesome. It's just a needle in a haystack. That's the nature of our business. Yeah. And But I, I love that. And, and, and I'm not really into being the artist in any of those. I, lo- I love every bit of it, you know, but I'm like, you know, the, you know, I want to be, you know, one of the, an old time Hollywood guy who's like, damn it, give me, you know, give me Tony Curtis in here. You know, I got a, I got a script here that's going to, to the moon, we're you making know, pictures. to the moon, we're making pictures. I got three more pictures next week and I got 10 pictures the following week. After that. That's, that's what I want to be. I'm like, I want to, you know, I don't want to be the movie star. 
How did you find Charlie Crockett in that in that respect? Of, of like, like how he has a different story of that. But I remember seeing him just filming him for something, and I told him, I was like, "Man, you're going to be bigger than Adele." I was like, "I, I, your music, I don't even know what it is." I said, "You, it contains everything. It contains." It contains every bit of American <laughs> music, and yet it's outside of any genre, and and uh, and and everybody's gonna love it. And uh, <laughs> and you were right. And uh, and then I just said, "Hey, good luck." And a couple of years later, he really, came, yeah. And a couple of years, we did a single together. But uh, a couple of years after that, he just walked in the door, and I don't. And he's he's a very he calls it a dynamic individual, but I don't know what happened earlier in that day, but he walked in the door and he said, I, w- I want y'all to manage me. And I was like, oh, wow. Were you wanting to manage? I knew I was going to, but it was way ahead of, of, of schedule. Um, when I was looking at the label stuff, it's weird because we have to do everything. So when you're looking at the tiny little handful of things that actually can generate any money, then management is definitely one of the things that can. Mm-hmm. And you're doing it all anyway. Even if you have a single, you're doing merchandise, you're doing promotion, you're doing, you're doing social media, you're doing every bit of that stuff. So it's easy to see how you might want to you want might want to do that for management. There's a few other ways you can use all those tools as well. Mm-hmm. But so that was just, but you know, he he was in a bus already. I mean, he it was just way ahead of schedule. So yes, it was something that I I considered doing, and uh, but when he but that moved it way way forward. And but he that's been four years now, and he has been moved the next waltz just just exponentially. It was really a, a um, uh, but but a lot of folks you and. And shaky Alley and 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 Evan at Turnpike and all the folks who have, I call it invested in the next waltz and Randy, all the people who you know. I I just y'all probably had no expectation at all. That was the beauty of it. Yeah, when y'all were coming <laughs> in, and and so those are. I mean, we we own half of those songs, you know, and mm-hmm. and that's a big big step for for you to. Or any artist to say, yeah, man, well, I'll I'll be partner your partners, you know, and know that we can deliver anything because mm-hmm. it's it's tough out there, you know, and uh, but Charlie and Evan and and you and the folks, that's that's the basis of why it it's it's grown. Well, I can tell that's a, that's been a joy for me is to watch you enjoy. I appreciate that. The it's, process. Of it, this. it really, it's no bullshit. I, it feels the way that it did when I was starting my songwriting career. And it felt horrible the years that I was not believing in what I was doing and trying to, you know, to get some crappy cut just so it's my so kids pay for my, you know, pay for kids stuff, you know. When that's something that I've, that I've wrestled with. We all do. We all do. That I right. didn't know we all did. Right. I wish we. I wish we did. You got a one going back to zero. That's that's five. You, that's a point. That's makeable point. One goes back to zero. What game are you playing? I'm playing craps. <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you playing? Uh, craps. Oh, I'm playing greed. Okay, I don't. Uh, I don't even I'm know zero. greed. Okay, so okay. That's eight. So if I bank eight, I uh-huh. say bank. And then it's your turn. Right. So you. So I have eight. You have zero. 
Okay. It's a good game. <laughs> okay. All right. I lose again. So now I have 17. Well, I think we should do one sometime where we just play greed with the folks <laughs> at home. But uh, no, I was thinking about craps. But anyway, what we, what, anyway, so we struggle. So five number. It can be. If you don't crap <laughs> out, a, then you, you get I mean. five. Then you can, a that, that's when everybody gets all excited. And then the hot dice are hot, and she's hitting it again and again <laughs> she, and again. Yeah, she's hitting it. Yeah, yeah, I don't keep going. And they keep going, and they keep, everybody's going, yeah, yeah. And you get more money on there, more money on and then, then then you get, you know, and they, oh, and it all starts over again. You know? <laughs> Madeline Kahn. But when the dice are hot, baby, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's the funnest game. It really is. I it really is fun. encourage all you young people at home just. Go, go bet on craps. Yes. Yeah. If you're going to do it, it, it has more better odds and stuff. And it's more fun, too. You look around, and that's the place where everybody's having fun. And the other guys are at the tables, and everybody just looks See, sad. See, that's the difference. I'm a blackjack player. You're an ensemble guy. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. You're going to lose <laughs> anyway. You've got to have some fun. You're going to waddle in there and empty your pockets and waddle back out again, you know? But <laughs> you might as well have some fun. See, I'm over at the at the blackjack table being a star. It's what thinking you're going to win? <laughs> yeah, of course. Do you win? <laughs> Look at that that pause. <laughs> that pause. It's either yes or no, and it's always no, no. Jack. Okay, of course. Sometimes though, is this really what we came here to talk about? Yes. No. Okay, good. Good. How big is Charlie Crockett? Uh, I, I went out to to uh, uh, to Denver on Saturday, and he had twenty five hundred people, and and he was had sold the, out. Was that the Grizzly Rose or no? That was at the Mission Ballroom. Oh wow! And he had sold out just two weeks before at a different place, and so he has a lot of momentum. He's having a real moment in time, and mm. he's connecting with folks. So, um, such a unique thing that he does. It is like it is. Even when I try to grasp it. Because I hear it on Outlaw Country all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's such a strange, by strange, I mean good. Well, I think that, you know. Such a, the delivery. Well, the we songs. love Willie, and you, he's, he's the, one of the center. But you, every, every now and then, somebody comes up with a way to make. Our music is very simple. You take any one of those guitars, and most of the songs are very simple. Mm -hmm. So the. So the way that you make it feel fresh for people is is really hard to do, you know. Yeah, because it it's yeah, it, how it, do you do it? Well, right, it comes through a filter. Yeah, and, and so, his filter has yeah. a lot of influences, and, in and it. everybody else, you know, Willie put the jazz thing in, and then he put the hippie thing in, and he and he came up with something new, and all, and that's what people do, you know, and. uh and um, and so that's that's all I'll say, uh, you know, about Charlie is that it feels fresh to people. There's a bunch of young folks, and you can see them. That was all young people at that show in Denver the other night. And wow, and uh, and uh, and he had a big show in Austin at the Moody, and and it's it's a lot of young folks, and 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 they're and they're loving. It's it's you know the only thing. You know, one of the things that's cool about it is that this real boring thing of the past 40 years that I don't know if y'all ever talk about, but the whole what is country music, what is country. So Charlie's about the only guy that you know that you don't have to think about it. Well, he's the only one out there. It sounds like country music, you Absolutely. know. It does. You don't have to think. It's like, well, what is that? You know, maybe there's some R&B, 
you know, stuff on some songs. But, Which is country. But but the other songs, he plays songs that are just, you know, they would be at home on a, on a, on a you know, on a record from the 40s or something like that. But it, it feels fresh. So anyway, that's a long answer, but he just, man, it's just, he, he, people, you know, it's for this moment. And that, that's how it struck me the first time I saw it. And because it was in a red dirt thing where I couldn't believe it that he was playing this, this red dirt and it was event. And I was like, whoa, you know, because everybody else is real similar. Doing that other thing. And, um, and so he built it up in Texas and with a lot of stuff. And, and so it's, it's just, you know, but you never, I just think you never know for good or for bad, you know, we have all of us who have been doing this a long time, you just, man, I call it, I call it the X factor, you know, it's like whether you are connecting with the people right, or not. And I never did, man. <laughs> I never did. I'll always remember this. Remember Deb Deb House? Yeah. At Sony. Loved her so much. Um, and um and there was a Nashville new artist and I I said, I really don't like what she does, you know. And Deb just was didn't look up from her reading. We were headed to a, a photo shoot for me and she said, The consumer loves her. You know, they had done all the testing and stuff. <laughs> and all consumer. I could think of was the consumer hates Bruce Robison, you know, <laughs> and over 50 years, the consumer hates Bruce Robison. <laughs> now that now there's there's a consensus. There's a total consensus. There's 6000 people who, who disagree, but the consumer hates Bruce Robison. Well, at least not in the with it, a freaking purple no passion. Land. <laughs> yeah, that's what well, the songwriting stuff is just was my entree into it. But yeah. but. Um, you know, never got the buckle. Never, <laughs> never got the buckle. Yeah. But, you know, do I look sad about it? I cry at home. The when, funny when thing I'm is, man, you know, what's funny to me is you've, you found something else to wake up for and do something. You got to, you got to, I'm 55 years old. Yeah. I love you, man. Thanks for hanging out. I love you, Jack. All right. That was fun. Hold on. What? You, you don't you don't get to say I love you and then and then do that look. Look at me. Thank you for loving me. <laughs> I love you, Jack. I love, I love you, you so much, Jack. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, Bruce Robinson, everybody. That was fun. Sure.